When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Straight Up Sabres, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and the Charging Buffalo, brought to you by Thin Man Brewery. As always, I'm Brendan. And I'm Taylor. And Taylor, we are getting closer and closer to the start of the NHL season as we are less than a month away from both training camp getting underway and the start of the regular season. So we're almost there, everybody. And in the meantime, though, in the lead up, there are still some guys left on the market here, Taylor, in the free agent pool that could be of interest to a lot of teams, particularly the Sabres. And so what we're going to do today is go through the athletics list of the top 10 available free agents. And we are going to talk about whether or not the Sabres should make a run at them, whether it makes sense for them to. And maybe for some of them, we can talk about some teams where they might ultimately end up. So Taylor, anything further to add before we get into this? Not really. No, I uh, I just got open this. I somehow closed it out. Well, besides that, uh, what have you thought of today's football? Cincinnati, man, yeesh, not ideal. Yeah. Absolutely getting dog walked there. I mean, if you're walking away from a game with just obviously like the numbers in general look bad, but like I was looking at fantasy earlier, T Higgins did not have a single reception today. That's tough. Not a great day. Yeah. Good Lord. Uh, It's looking like right. Well, at the time of us recording this, this Dolphins Chargers game is going down to the wire. We have two minutes left in the fourth quarter and the Chargers are up 34 30, but the Dolphins have the ball. Mm. seems like the Eagles are going to walk away with one from the Patriots. Uh, maybe not. I mean, there's two minutes left. Yeah. Patriots just had a turnover on downs, I believe, but here's the thing. My having watched this for some reason, that's on TV, I guess. I don't know. Maybe that's a better regional game, but I would prefer to be watching Dolphins chargers. My takeaway from these two games is the chargers defense is still bad or sorry. The Dolphins defense is still bad and the Patriots yep. offense is still bad. Those are my thoughts through week one. Fair all around. Yeah, man. What a terrible day for quarterbacking outside the two and real bad. Yeah. Those are like the only guys like Hertz hasn't had a good game. Burrow is terrible. Everyone else. Not great. Crazy stuff. Yeah. Well, we'll see. I only care about one game and that is what's going to be happening tonight as of people listening to this on Monday night football as the bills will be taking on the jets. Taylor, how do you think this game is going to go? And ultimately, how do you feel like the bills are going to fare this season? Uh, 27, 24 bills, bills go 12 and five and win the division. Well, those are my thoughts. Yeah. I'm not worried like a lot of people are. That's fair. There is a lot of, I mean, I definitely am to a degree, like I'm still confident. I I'm of the belief now that at this point, it's like the bills have won the division three years in a row, have consistently been able to handle these teams, you know, with the exception of uh, a couple odd games here or there. And until somebody knocks them off and proves otherwise, the Bills are the best team in this division. So you still have Josh. You have Diggs still. Hopefully James Cook is going to step up. D- Kincaid, I'm really hoping, is going to be a big piece on offense. But I think more than that, the thing that's so crazy to me that, like, and not that I'm surprised by this by any means, but that national pundits are totally ignoring is 
yes, we aren't going to have Vaughn for the first four games of the season, but you have a healthy Micah Hyde for what will hopefully be a full season knock on wood. And the same goes for Trey White after being able to come in in the middle of last season, cold, obviously coming off of an ACL injury, playing out the rest of the season. By the end of the year, he started, I think there was flashes of his old self. He gets a full off season now. Same thing for Hyde. They're both fully healthy here. I know Hyde got dinged up uh, last week in practice, but I just think that having those two guys back is going to be huge for that defense. And I guess on the other end of, of that is the fact that I'm horrified about middle linebacker. Yeah, we'll see on that one. That is a, uh... by the way, two yeah. inches through a touchdown. So the dolphins are winning. No way. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, I will say with the bills as a, as an entire unit, they have, I would say a top five secondary in the NFL when just at overall talent, I know they're not really deep at cornerback and there's a lot of question marks between, I know Benford won the job and Elam hasn't been used in the way that he probably needs to be to be maximizing his skill set. but you still have Teron Johnson there too. Who's one of the best slot corners in the league. I think that having that full secondary healthy is going to be huge for them and is going to be make a huge difference. And I think having the depth too of adding a guy like Taylor Rapp, I think could be really interesting for them as well. So yeah, for sure. Do you want to get to these free agents? Yeah. We were like, all right, we have anything to add here before we get started. No, but let's talk about the bills for five minutes. So yes, let's do this thing. It happens around a lot around here this time of year, True. but yeah, the athletic listed their 10 best free agents. Uh, so number one is someone we already talked about. I think it's, they're not, they're not listed. They're just in order. Um, Pat Kane. We talked about him like two episodes ago. They mentioned here, you know, it was uh, 92 points two years ago, but last year was not great. But maybe that was because of his hip injury. Who knows? He only had 57 points last year. Even after he went to the Rangers, he wasn't productive. Was not good in that first-round loss to the Devils. It's an interesting thing. Uh, He got the surgery June 1st. He's already skating. But it's supposed to be a six-month recovery, so we'll see if he actually starts the season on time. But I think it is telling that it's almost training camp and he is not with a team. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely, I think, understandable, though, just when you consider the fact that you're looking at him not being able to come into the lineup for probably two or three months into the season. I mean, I think it's understandable that there is going to be a team that's going to take a flyer on him for sure, but they probably just need to be able to see him skate first because of the injury, you know, in the article, it references that the two players who had this surgery, notable ones, I think they're the only two in general, if I'm not mistaken, it was first Ed Jovanovsky and he retired 37 games after he ended up getting or coming back from the surgery And the other was Nicholas Backstrom, who he came back last year, I believe it was when he, as they also note in the article, had 21 points in 39 games. And just in in general, he didn't look like his old self. So I think the thing that could maybe work in Kane's favor here is that in terms of like a pure offensive production standpoint, as good of a well-rounded player and offensive contributor that Backstrom was, I don't think it was ever to like the level of, of Kane. And so maybe the surgery helps him be able to continue his career and to have a little bit of pop to his game, but there's a huge amount of risk involved here. Like you don't know what kind of guy you're going to be getting. And the fact of the matter is, is with how bad his defensive metrics are, if the offense isn't there, 
that could be a really, really bad investment and just be a waste of a roster roster spot for a team that can maybe get a more well-rounded game, you know, at both ends of the ice out of a guy that is maybe a little bit cheaper and younger and can give you something a little bit more than, than Kane can, but it, it goes on a case by case situation. So it doesn't make sense for the Sabres, but I still have a feeling that a team we talked about in the initial episode, like New Jersey, I think is a team that, is really interesting. Who else did we say? Washington, I think, was one. And then there was one other team that we were like, this kind of would make sense. Oh, Dallas. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if it works financially for Dallas. It doesn't. So yeah. One of the things, the last thing I'll say about Kane is it's kind of what you said there with his offensive numbers. They have to be there because his defense isn't. We talked about the two years ago, Kane. So even if you want to say last year is kind of an aberration because his hip was so messed up. Well, it's also worth noting that he's 35 or he'll be 35 early in the season. So that's it's he's no young man. For but sure. it's like I, I kind of broke down his 92-point season two years ago. 92 points is great. A little bit less impressive when you realize he was playing just an absolute shitload of power play time. Yeah. Played the most minutes of any winger in the league. And throughout that time, he still wasn't scoring a lot of goals. His even strength goal scoring rate is bad. Not like not not, not even like it's oh, he's not what he used to be or he's not a top guy. He's not even close. I, I went through the list like last year when mm-hmm. we talked about this. He is lower at even strength goal scoring rate than like guys you would be shocked by. Like right, I think right. I think last, like two years ago it was Vinny Henestrosa. And so he's he's still good on the power play. Last year, he was not as good in the power play, and he wasn't as good of a passer. So like I said, you could forgive last year. But two years ago, that was the main thing. He's a good to very good even-strength passer, um, and then verging on great sometimes, but not consistently, and really good on the power play. So but isn't that what it can – I, I was going to find s- a, a contract that makes sense, I think he's – the thing is, here's what I'll say if this is going to be a good deal for a team, he's going to have to take less money in term than a guy of his stature normally would, especially with the risk of his hip injury. I agree with all of that. Like I, I completely agree. The only thing I'll say though, is isn't what you just described though, exactly the profile of what a contender would be looking for in a guy. Like we talked about in that last episode where you're, you're not looking for him to be the premier scorer, like playing top line minutes. You're looking for him to be like, you're like, fifth best forward or sixth best forward like offensive contributor and in those cases since he's going to be playing in the middle of the lineup you're really going to just be looking for a lot of that additional power play pop that could potentially help a team um you know that's something i feel like that contenders are always looking to add is like is is talent on the power play and so yeah it, it's just it has to make sense for a team financially and 100 percent, he's gonna have to take gonna have to have his salary and, cut by more yeah. than half Oh, he's, absolutely. Yeah. There's no, yeah, he, nobody would give him $5 million. Like, I, I mean, yeah, that's kind of what I mean. I don't know what he's looking for, but it's going to have, unless a team goes crazy and has yeah. cap space because it, it's, it's going to have to be lower. Like, like he's going to have to be that even if he wants to do that for one year and try to do a proof of contract. I don't know. I guess we'll see, you mm-hmm. know, things, a lot of guys are consistently getting better. Like, and like uh, in terms of, I said that all weird medical procedures, I should say, are consistently getting better. So like no one had ever really had the, the surgery Eichel had last year and come back to play in the NHL. And now he's mostly fine. Like he's mostly the same guy now. Took a year or so. With Kane, it's interesting because he's 35 and there are guys that have had this. What he's getting is not like a super newfangled procedure. But it's not something like a lot of guys in their 30s get, especially not NHL players, and hasn't worked out for the other two guys. 
So I guess we'll see. Maybe it'll take time. I don't know. But I think that's something that you do if you're you're looking to win a cup. And I wonder maybe now that Kane, if he's not going to start the season with the team, who knows when he pops up? And who knows? Maybe he does start the season with the team. He could get signed tomorrow and he'd be perfectly ready to go for training camp. But we'll see. Um, so why don't we go on to the next guy? Let's do it. Here's a weird one. Thomas Tatar. Um, <laughs> 20 goal scorer last year. Uh, generally known as a solid defensive guy. He's a two-way guy. Uh, weird things with him. He A couple years ago on Montreal when they made the cup, he was just scratched the whole time. And I don't think there was ever a great explanation as to why. That was a strange thing. He There was a big trade a couple years ago where he went to Vegas for like a ton of picks and then was not really that good. But then he just kind of, he's the kind of guy that like, uh, you, you never really know what you're going to get. But last year was good. So I don't know. I mean, he wasn't good in the playoffs last year with New Jersey, but you got to get there first. And he's the guy that can help you get there. What do you think? Yeah, I think he's the one on this list that probably makes the most sense for the Sabres. Honestly, you're, you're getting for one, somebody that was going to be able to replace Jack Quinn, which is obviously a hole that they have still not tried to address in any way, shape or form. And I think it's a huge mistake to think that a rookie is going to be able to competently step into that role. And that's the thing is that like, could it happen? Yes. Like, could Yuri Kulik in theory, like be able to step into that role or middle stat steps up into the second line. And then you're having Kulik get third line minutes and he's able to score and be a contributor. Yeah. That's an absolute possibility, but you have the ability to not have to go into this season with the potential burden of that, not working out. And Tatar is a guy that can give you a really solid two-way game and can give you some additional depth scoring it's crazy to me that he hasn't been signed in general, but the fact that the Sabres haven't done it when it really just feels like it just makes, it makes just too much sense here. I mean, he's only 33 years old, which I know, like I say only 33, but just in terms of like, he's not, it's not like this guy's like falling off a cliff yet. He had 48 points last year. He put up 20 goals. You know, he's shown throughout his career that he could score. He's had 20 goals in a season seven times in his career. And obviously that's including some seasons where he came just short or he missed a few games or it was a shortened season, what have you. I mean, this is no joke. This is a talented forward who is a veteran presence, who just filled a similar role on a team that you're trying to emulate in New Jersey last year what are we doing not trying to immediately get on this guy before someone else does and looks like the smart team at the end of the day. I I just think it's a no brainer for the Sabres. So I really hope that that is an announcement we get in the very near future that they end up getting him and trying to address that because sure he could fit with a lot of teams, but there's not a lot of teams that are on the precipice of what the Sabres have in front of them in this next season coming up here. Yeah, I agree. And I guess I should say, like, kind of what you said there, the reason I think we're thinking about any tight or any free agents uh, at this point in the summer is because mostly because of the Jack Quinn injury and the fact that they haven't really done anything about that. They held on to Olafson and it's like, well, Quinn's not going to be there for probably at least the first three months of the season. It seems like at least. So like you said there, like, what could they really do to fill in that spot? And I think, unfortunately, if that roster-wise, that means keeping Olafson. That's kind of a disappointment. And it also it really means that with this kind of season, you have to rely on uh, 
young guys, rookies and whatnot to try to make the playoffs. That's tough. So I think th- for, for those reasons, Tatar makes a lot of sense. Uh, now, what do you think of Nick Ritchie? One thing I also want to add to that too, though, is that I think one of the biggest things that go in Tatar's direction for the Sabres, like being a good fit for him and, and him being a great fit for the Sabres, I should say, is the fact that Tatar is a very versatile player. And right now your options on your third line Two of the potential ones are Jordan Greenway and Victor Olofsson. And while they both have things that maybe they're good at or are kind of the key parts of their game, neither of them are players that I think anybody in their right mind can describe as versatile, you know? And so I think with Tatar, the fact that you do have a good two-way presence and you have some scoring ability there and just him being a veteran presence that gives you versatility on your third line. And also a guy like Tatar could be great support for somebody like Peyton Krebs, who is going to probably be having to step up into a, or should be stepping up into a more prominent role this year on the third line. Nick Ritchie don't really care for it. If I'm being completely honest, I think the Sabres right now have enough guys on their team that can classify as just being like competent fourth liners but Nick Ritchie is not a guy that I feel like you have any kind of flexibility to move up a lineup. He's not somebody that you can really rely on or look to, to have any kind of an offensive presence. And he's been really inconsistent throughout his career. So I I really don't have much of an interest if I'm being honest. I agree. Yeah. He's kind of, he's kind of guy they already have. Like it does seem to me that like a guy like Nick Ritchie should be somewhere on some team. Uh, But I don't see the need for it to be the Sabres. And I wonder if he either gets like a PTO or maybe he uh, has to wait for a team that has an injury. Uh, I Did I see today that Tyler Mott signed somewhere or am I mistaken? Because he's the next person on the list. I actually do not know. I didn't. Catch uh, yes. The lightning signed him yesterday. Well, there you go. So he should not count for this list, but no. uh, that's fine. We have a fourth line, so it's a good, good luck move. to the Lightning. Yeah, that's yeah, it's, it's good for them. Here's a fun one you're going to say no to. Phil Kessel. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Kessel would be great for the story of it and for the vibes, you know, and maybe there's a little bit of a, a scoring punch there to him still, but I don't think it really makes sense. There's, there's no defensive play there. there there's... That's really what it comes down to. I know there was, and they were mentioned this in the athletic article, but Friedman had reported fairly recently that Kessel's opened uh, a situation where potentially he would have to like sit every once in a while. I think the exact wording that was used is open to ending his Ironman streak. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that there could be some, a, a little bit of scoring there. I mean, he was playing mainly third line minutes last season, had 36 points for, for Vegas, but there's just no defense there. You know, it's, it's, it's like a, I feel like a worse version of the Kane idea. I think that's the best way that it boils down. Yeah. It's unfortunate, but his, his Ironman streaks reach a thousand games. You know, it's, it might be time for him to hang it up. I, it's interesting because he's won three cups now. I wonder what, reason he even want to come back but maybe he just still feels like playing hockey and feels like he still has something to give but it's a good idea for someone not really the sabers though 
Yeah. Uh, much like this next guy, because the Sabres have too many defensemen. But what about Ethan Bear? I didn't realize he was still a free agent, but he's still only 26 years old. He's played for multiple teams now, but he's been pretty solid at the very least. He's uh, still a free agent. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think the idea made a lot of sense last season, but you just brought in Eric Johnson and you brought in Connor Clifton, both of which are going to provide different needs uh, in the, in the defensive group Uh, Clifton, you know, you're hoping for that top four upside Johnson being the veteran (laughs) presence who has won a cup and is uh, like two years or is only a, you know, one bad season removed from being a really quality third pair guy. So both of them make a ton of sense. And with bear, yeah, you can say that, you know, there's maybe some upside there with just like his age and the fact that he, you know, really hasn't had like, a ton of great opportunity, but when he has had it, he's made the most of his game, I would say for what he is, but the Sabres just have, they have too many bottom four defensemen. They have too many of those guys. And I think where the Sabres are at right now, like if you're going to make a move for a defenseman in general, it should be take a big swing and get somebody to play next to power so that Clifton can be more of a third pair guy. Yeah, I agree with that. I don't, I don't really see the point of bringing in someone who, would play in the third pairing when you have those guys already. Right. You know, it's kind of like looking at fourth liners. Uh, the next guy here, I also didn't know this guy was a free agent. Max Comtois, who led the Anaheim Ducks in scoring three years ago. He's uh, still a free agent. Only had 19 points last year on a bad team. Uh, big guy, but uh, and he's still young. It's kind of weird to me that he's a free agent, but I don't know what to do with him. Yeah, I mean, I'm curious to see what kind of deal he ends up getting or who he ends up landing with. I mean, he's not somebody that I guess I would necessarily be opposed to because I think it's going to be ultimately a really low risk, potentially moderately high reward for a team if like it ends up working out. I don't think there's going to be a high cost that comes with it. And I think that, I mean, he's got age on his side. He has shown that he can play at the NHL level and contribute. So I don't know. I mean, maybe it, all it takes for him is, is the right situation and maybe it is the right situation with the Sabres. Um, but it's not necessarily somebody that I'm going to be heartbroken by the Sabres, not heartbroken, but that I would, you know, when he eventually lands somewhere that I would necessarily be super disappointed in the way that I would with like Tatar. Yeah. I, I hear, I hear what you mean. Yeah. It's a, uh... That's a strange situation, though. I just feel like someone like Comswell would normally be on a roster at this point in his career. You would think. The next guy is Yarrow Halak, and they add some interesting details here because I figured Halak would have just been retired if he wasn't signed. He's been good. He only had a 903 last year with the Rangers in 903 save percentage, that is, in 24 starts. But as they note here, uh, by advanced stats, he was good, which kind of just means the Rangers have a bad defense, which boy, do they. Uh, and they. It's, but it's mentioned here, the author talks about why he's still around, and it's because he's, for his last two teams, has a full no-movement clause, which is scary for a 38-year-old backup. That would mean that you can't trade him. You can't wave him or send him down without his uh, permission, basically. So if he was playing really poorly, you'd have to convince him to be like, hey, I bet you want to go to the AHL or carry three goalies, which, come on, though, who would? what kind of stupid team would carry three goalies? Foolish. Uh, yeah, so... Halak, when I looked at that at first, I was like, man, I still want him. I don't care. I'll wave Comrie or UPL, one of the two. 
stick him with Levi, whatever. Maybe even start Levi in the AHL, depending on how he looked in like camp or whatever, but probably not based on how he looked at the end of last year. And half a lock there is kind of like a better version of what Craig Anderson was the last two years. But if he's going to insist on a full no move, I don't know. I think a lot of teams are probably relatively prepared to head into the season with what their goalie situation is right now. So I don't know. I, I, I think it's, I guess, a fair question to think like if he'll land somewhere and maybe like you said before, it'll take an injury or something for him to find somewhere. Yeah. All right. The next one, uh, I think this is also a no. It's Josh Bailey. He last year had 25 points for the Islanders. Not great. Uh, the advanced stats aren't great. He's getting kind of old, and he's basically the age where a grinder like him a lot of the time ends up being not a particularly quality player. So, uh, I mean, he can still probably play in the NHL, but like we've said multiple times, the Sabres have enough fourth liners. Yeah, I mean, Bailey, his career season came when he was 28 and he put up 71 points. He is now going to be 34 going into this next season. You can hope that maybe there's a, you know, 30 to 40 point guy there. And I think with a contender, maybe there could be if you have the right guys surrounding him, but not necessarily somebody that I don't, I, I don't think it's necessary for the Sabres to, to go at him. It, it really, I don't think makes sense compared to obviously we're using Tatar as like the, the barometer here, but yeah, I, it just doesn't really make a whole lot of sense for me. I wouldn't, wouldn't want to be the one to, to take that chance. Let somebody else do it. Yeah. And here's another one that doesn't really make sense. Probably Nick Holden. Yeah, no, definitely. The, I, it, go ahead. What were you going to say? There? I was going to say 36 year old, probable bottom pair guy. Seems more like a leader than anything. We have like a guy who literally fills all those boxes. It's Eric Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> like we already have our Eric Johnson. So unless Eric Johnson like goes to federal prison, uh, before the season starts. I think that role is filled. You can never be too careful, though. Who knows? All right. Yeah. No, that's true. I mean, so maybe, keep an eye on it. Maybe some, if we get an announcement about an arrest soon. Yeah, we'll see. We get an email from John Flynn. <laughs> um, so let's do a lightning round for the honorable mentions. You say yes or no. Okay. Zach Aston Reese. No. Derek Broussard. No. I don't know how to say this first name. Hujar Kyra. No. Alex Edler. No. Paul Stastny. No. Eric Stahl. Definitely not. Derek Stepan. Probably not. Colin White. Probably not. Mason Shaw. No. Adam Ernie. No. No. All right. Fair enough. I wouldn't even really think about PTOs for any of them. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, no, doesn't really do it for me. I get understand. Zach, get Zach Aston Reese in, in Rochester. I'll sign up for that. No, that's something. I mean, after last season, Rochester probably should be pushing for another championship. There's okay. still will be young guys down there. Yep. So that should be interesting. All right. Let's hear a word from our sponsors, Taylor. That we sure we sure are gonna do that. I was just gonna say that. Brendan, do you know who this show is sponsored by? Oh, you, you bet your ass I do. 
They've sponsored us for years. They've been with us since the days of blue and gold, make Darlene and the Sabres being the worst team in the league, the beginning of the Ralph Kruger era. It's DraftKings. Football is back in full swing with another week of epic games. And who's got you covered on the action? Every single one of them It's DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet $5 on football and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Nobody's missing out on the action this season. All DraftKings customers can take advantage of two new offers every game this September. So here's what you got to do. Get in on the NFL Week 2 action with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and use code THPN to sign up. New customers can bet just $5 and take home $200 in bonus bets. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Visit www.100gambler.net. New York, call 878-8HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. Connecticut help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 and over, age varied by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario, see sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility terms and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. And our other sponsor, our local sponsor, you could say, that would be Thin Man Brewery. So we talked about the uh, the cool giveaway they were doing on Instagram. I hope some of you guys got in on that. Uh, unfortunately, I didn't win. I'm pretty sure Brendan didn't win or else he would have said something. That'd but the, a winner has been chosen for the Minky Boodle cooler, Minky Tango and stuff giveaway. But I'll tell you what, there's still tickets available for Minky Day 2023. That's Saturday, October 14th. Don't miss that. That's at the Chandler location. And going forward, Minky Tango, still available. I just had some Minky Tango at More Room this Friday. Gotta say, um, A+. plus, Fantastic. Yeah. yeah, perfect sour. If you're into sour beers. Uh, and if not, maybe this is the beer that get you into it. So you, you might as well give it a try. Love that. Yeah, so here's a, a new beer that's available with Thin Man now. Juice Master Redux. 5.5% ABV. Guava and Passion Fruit Sour. So... Another quality sour, a lot of fruit. It's a it's a juicy beer. So if you're into those things, you know, guava, passion fruit, orange, citrus, any of that, check out the Juice Master. It looks really good. Can and I start better. calling you the Juice Master? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. You don't know what you just got yourself into. Juice Master. Hell yeah. <laughs> I, I wanted a new nickname. Uh, this is a fruited sour ale. And it's got a really cool can design. So whoever designed the can, great job. Hell yeah. That's mainly what I got to say. You know, like you can go on their, if you look on Instagram, they've announced all their partners for Minky Day. So a lot of interesting stuff, you know, brewers out of Cambridge, out of Brooklyn, out of all kinds of interesting places, Miami. So, so check that out. Also Louisville. So Minky Day should be fun. I don't know if I can come because I'm kind of coming back from Europe around that time. So uh, we will see. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So (laughs) uh, last thing I wanted to mention there, uh, you can find Thin Man three places, Brendan. Isn't that right? Tell me. me. No, sorry. Four places. I keep getting this number wrong. Tell me about four places. The Chandler Street location. On tap at some of your favorite local bars in your favorite grocery stores. And in your heart, everywhere you go. Wow. Thin Man Brewery, 
It's it's for the kids. Not literally though. The beer's not for kids, but Thin Man is for the kids. Really good disclaimer there. Juice yeah. Max. Nicely done. Yes, yeah. All right. Well, what are we going to talk about, Taylor? The Sabres have a cool new red line. Did you see that? The like the clothing you mean? No, no, no. Their their red line, their center ice line. Oh no, I didn't see that. Wait, All right, everyone go to Instagram. There's a picture of their red line and it's bright red and it's got a bunch of white swords, like white crossing swords uh, all the way up and down it. And it's got the cool uh, royal blue. Oh, I love, love, uh, love. Sabres logo around it that they're putting in. So, oh, yeah, that's that's sick. Yeah, check that out. Instagram or I don't know, just Google it, I guess, if you don't have Instagram. Probably on Facebook, too, I imagine. Taylor, can I ask you a question? Yep. When, what year do you think it will be that the Sabres are brave enough to make the Butter Knives the red line logo <laughs> instead of the crossing Sabres? Uh, never. Sad. Really sad. Yeah. Well, mm. anything else we want to talk about hockey or football wise? Uh, I can, I can tell you one thing that was funny. I can make fun of a stranger real quick. I was watching a TikTok. So that's always a great start to a story. Right. This guy was like, uh, where are they now? The 2014 Canadian Olympic gold medal hockey team. Ooh. And all of these guys, I know where they are. They're very famous in the hockey world. What but, year did you said 2014? Yeah. A lot of them are still playing. Some of them okay. are at least. He's like, Sidney Crosby is still the captain of the Penguins. And I was like, damn, I hadn't heard about that. But that was whatever. It was just, you know, that's easy content. But he was like, what a team it was. How many Hall of Famers do you think they were? I count 16. And I was like, what? So I, like, looked again at the list, and I was like, who was who, he talking about? And I went in the comments, and this guy was in the comments. And he was trying to argue different guys for the Hall of Fame. Not oh. even in a rude way. He was being polite. Please he wasn't being tell a, me. Please oh my me. God. Well, let me, let me go through this roster and you tell me, we'll go through and we'll see where you end up. Cause I went through and I was like, not even close to 16. What was your number? I think Forget I got 11. 11. Okay. 16. He said, yeah, I'm going through, I'll go through the roster for you. All right. Uh, still loading over here. No, too slow. Hockey Canada. I'm going to a different one. Oh, I'm going to Wikipedia, a website I trust. Well said. Can we talk about that really quick? I feel like that was like a whole thing in our youth where it was like, oh, you can't trust Wikipedia because anybody can contribute to it. But in reality, I feel like Wikipedia is like the main source of information of like a lot of. Yeah, people don't. People had that all wrong. In middle school, when I went to Hamburg Middle, Wikipedia was blocked on our library computers. That's crazy. Which is crazy. You're right, it's crazy because people, older people, did not understand it at all. You don't, let's say you're doing a paper, you have to have sources. You don't cite Wikipedia, but Wikipedia is basically a place where you can get any kind of source. Or, like, let's say you got to write a paper on um, the British monarchy and you go to like Prince William's page. Oh, that's your favorite subject, Taylor. That's crazy. How many times have you done that? Oh my God, I do that every day. So, like, I'm very familiar with Prince William's page, obviously. And let's say you got to go, you got to talk about his dad, right? You click over to his dad's page. We'll talk about Prince Charles, King Charles, whatever the hell his name is now. And uh, you go to like, oh, I, I got to write about his affairs that he had when he cheated on his wife that was way more attractive than him. And you go to that section of Wikipedia. You don't just take the source from Wikipedia. 
it's the sources are cited there. And if a source isn't cited, you don't have to trust the information. So like, yeah, you gotta know, it, it teaches kids how to find information you can trust versus what you can't trust. So you just, you know, click like, oh, there's a little thing right there and you go down to the bottom and there's a link to BBC article from, I don't know, 1989 or whatever, something reporting that happened. And it's like, oh yeah, there that is. That's what you do. Like it's, it's just yeah. a gathering place for verified and unverified information. And you use the verified parts. But anyway, this is all oh, verified. Sad. No, that was uh, – thank you. That beautifully articulated. This show is also sponsored by Wikipedia. Damn right it is. <laughs> <laughs> that was – though. that was uh, organic content. Um, So, okay, Roberto Luongo won. He's literally in the Hall of Fame. That's one guy. This is yes. ranked by their, yes. uh, their jersey numbers. Duncan Keith. Yes. Yeah, I think so. Dan Hamhuis. I never say his name right. Ham Hamhuis. Hamhuis. Uh, no. Shea Weber. Yes. Drew Doughty. Yeah. Yeah. Duchesne. No. Pat Sharp. No. Pat Marlowe. Yes. Chris Kunitz. No. Ryan Getzlaff. Yes. Jonathan Taze. Yes. John Tavares. If he wins a Stanley Cup. Oh, that's a big if. Do you know who he plays for? I know. All right, so that's a that's a no at the moment. Uh, Jamie Benn. No. Corey Perry. No. San Luis is in. I'm pretty yeah. sure he's already in. Yeah. Petrangelo. Yeah. Carey Price. Yes. Bergeron, yes. <laughs> yes. Just come on. Uh, Mike Smith. No. Vlasic. Mark Edward Vlasic. No. Rick Nash. No. P.K. Subban. No. Jeff Carter. No. Sidney Crosby. Yes. So you had 13. I think I actually had 12, not um, 13. But anyway, not 16. And do you Did want you to guess? Did uh yeah maybe what do we, who do we have different uh oh uh, i guess who did i have that you didn't have i think carrie price but i could be moved on carrie price pretty easily i feel you okay uh, yeah wow Wait, did so you say dowdy yes or dowdy no i said dowdy yes yeah maybe i maybe that was the one i had kind of up in the air but i think dowdy's gonna get in anyway to go back through he said luong well he luong goes in so whatever uh keith yeah he didn't say yes on Hamwees. Uh Weber, yes, which I, I don't know about Weber, but I I guess he might get in. I mean he has a great reputation, but Yeah. No cup wins. I don't think he won the Norris. He could get in still, but like I don't know. Drew Doughty. Uh I guess he'll probably get in. Two cup wins in addition to a Norris and a lot of points and he's still going whatever Duchesne no Pat Sharp I think he had a th- Pat Sharp is a maybe Marlowe is a yes Kunitz no okay so he had Getzlaff as a definitely yes and this is where it gets fun so Taze Taze is in so I'm not even worried about that he's gonna get in Jay Bomeister he had in you didn't even say Bomeister before but no did yeah. I skip over Bomeister from Taze to Tavares oh okay maybe I wanted the surprise subconsciously yeah, that's that is crazy Bomeister, yes. Perry, yes. Getzlaff, yes. Uh, oh, and here's my f- second favorite one behind Bomeister. Mark Edward Vlasic. 
No, yeah, and then he it was even not even arguing for the potential of Rick Nash. What? Yeah, I mean, Nash had a great peak. Don't get me wrong, but like, what? Canadian people love Canadian hockey players so much. That's why the Hall of Fame is skewed, but it's not that skewed. Good Lord, Bowmeister. Jay Bowmeister is crazy. Classic. It's wild. Still a lot of Hall of Famers for one team, but ah, come on. Yeah, that's damn. Because Hall of Famer Steven Stamkos didn't even play. All Probably right. Hall of Famer Steven Stamkos. You know what would be a fun exercise for us to do? Maybe we can do this as a follow-up on our Thursday episode. We should do a projection of what we think Team USA will be in the next Olympics and then go through and say how many guys on that team we think will be future Hall of Famers. Oh, that's interesting because Team USA is going to be pretty young, I think. Pretty young and pretty damn good. Yeah. So, like... Matthews, both the Kachucks, Robertson, Tage. I think Matthews is, like, 60% in the Hall of Fame already. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. I mean, that's, like, a top six forward group right there, and I didn't even think about it. Like, there's... I mean, that's not even counting Jack Hughes. Like, they're going to be... That team's going to be nice. I can't wait to watch that team play. Yeah, that's going to be wild. Well, hopefully they actually go. Fingers crossed. Seriously, though. Damn. All right. Wow, that's great. Do you have any other thoughts you'd like to share, Taylor? Uh, Yeah, I'd like to recommend the movie Bottoms, uh, which Ooh, I okay. saw last week, but I think I saw it after we recorded. I don't remember. But yeah, anyway, Bottoms. Tell me about that. You said it was really good, yeah? Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was very funny. And, you know, we don't get enough comedies these days. It's some people you might recognize if you're into the young people. Uh, Emma Seligman that directed it, younger than me, younger than Brendan, which is very unfortunate. It's her second <laughs> feature film. She directed a movie called Shiva Baby a couple of years ago that ruled. It was incredible. And this and that both star Rachel Sennett. This also, Bottoms also has Io Ediberry as a co-lead. I love her. If you like the bear or big mouth. Yep. Um, and then, you know, there's other people you might know. And, well, Marshawn Lynch, I can say that. That's a big one. Marshawn Lynch is in it. He's very funny. Uh, Kaya Gerber. Uh, she is in it as well. She was pretty funny, too. A lot of people are very funny in this. What is uh, it? Really good job uh, all around. When did it come out? Two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. I want to say. Yeah, I definitely yeah. want to check that out. Yeah, it's a good comedy. Um, Good time. It's like it's a high school movie. Uh, Basically, the premise is that two girls start a fight club after school so they can meet other girls <laughs> and it's also basic it's kind of a i don't know how to put it, it's not exactly a parody of a teen movie it's it's like a half a parody which i appreciate it's mm-hmm. like in the spirit of both heathers and not another teen movie and you know it's funny i had a good time like watching that. it it, it kind of drags in the middle a little bit but like the beginning and end are very funny cool i like that i will definitely have to check that out yeah let me see if i have a recommendation uh Actually, I'll give one that's probably a very typical one. Ahsoka, I highly recommend. It's the latest Star Wars show that's been out. It's essentially a continuation of the show Star Wars Rebels, and they're halfway through the season. And it has, in my opinion, absolutely lived up to the hype. It's so I think it's trending towards being ultimately the best Star Wars show to date. And this this show in particular is setting up what at least one of the movies and the next slate of star Wars movies is going to be about. So 
It has major ramifications on the larger Star Wars universe, and it's been going really, really well so far. The action's been great. It's been really interesting, good performances. So it's I think it's going in a really fun direction and uh, highly, highly recommend if you're a Star Wars fan, start watching Ahsoka. So there we go. All right, folks, we'll see you Thursday. We will see you Thursday, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode. Go Bills. Oh, yeah, of course. What am I saying? Go Bills, folks. Absolutely. And hey, if you're looking for something to do tonight, my band is playing at Wayland Brewing from 5 to 8 p.m. leading up to pregame. Wayland will be a really cool place to hang out for the game, too. So make sure you're coming and checking it out. And again, thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Straight Up Sabres presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and the Charging Buffalo. Make sure you're checking out both presenters of this podcast on their respective websites. Whatever streaming platform you're currently using to listen to this episode, make sure you're checking out all of our fellow shows. And last but not least, make sure you're checking out both presenters of this podcast on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also find us, Straight Up Sabres. Also, before you close out of whatever app you're using to listen to this episode of Straight Up Sabres, make sure you're following or subscribe to us as we would very much appreciate it and also leave a nice review or rating. Last but not least, we have our wonderful sponsors in DraftKings. Use that promo code THPN at checkout at DraftKings to take advantage of great deals. And Thin Man Brewery, head to Chandler Street for some dinner or drinks after work and wherever you like to pick up your beer from. Make sure you're picking up any of the many great Thin Man beers that are on sale at stores throughout western new york we'll be back with a brand new episode on thursday everybody thanks so much for tuning in this has been straight up sabers it's in my-